the book of Matthew, chapter number five. Today will be our 17th message in Authentic Christianity, the series. We have begun to dive deep into the Beatitudes of Matthew 5. We've looked at this word blessed. We've understood it to be in the Greek makarios, which means happy, inwardly satisfied. And what Jesus is talking about here, folks, in Matthew 5 are the qualities and the characteristics of his kingdom. Jesus is talking about in Matthew 5 a spiritual kingdom. We hear the word kingdom and sometimes we think of the United Kingdom or we think of the kingdom of Saudi Arabia. These are physical kingdoms. These are corruptible kingdoms. The kingdom of God, the kingdom that Jesus is talking about, is a spiritual kingdom. And even though it is a spiritual kingdom, it has practical application for the Christian. You see, sometimes I feel like people look at the Bible, they look at God's word, and they feel like there's something that's keeping them from having a deep knowledge or deep understanding. Jesus made this so simple that even a child could understand it, even a child could believe. He said, suffer not the little children. God is our father. We are his sons and daughters, those of us who believe. We've looked at these beatitudes. Go to Matthew 5, look at verse number 3. This is where we began looking at these beatitudes. That word blessed, makarios, happy. Happy, blessed are the poor in spirit, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. We talked about what that means, the poverty of spirit. That these people that he's referring to, you and me, that we are literally destitute spiritually. There's nothing I can do for myself. There's nothing I can muster up in my humanity to suffice what God can give me. Uh, the word here, this type of poverty, is someone that cannot work themselves out of their poverty. This is a type of poverty that really is uh, wholeheartedly impoverished to the uttermost. This is someone that does not even have the ability to work. This is a beggar that will be in the streets forever. This is the type of poverty that Jesus is talking about. But at the same time, we're using the word makarios, which means happy, blessed, inwardly satisfied. So what Jesus is saying is happy or blessed or inwardly satisfied are the people who understand that spiritually they are beggars. And then we build the ladder of the Beatitudes that started at the very ground level. Blessed are they that mourn, for they shall be comforted. Mourning our sinful condition, mourning the sinful condition of our world. Jesus mourned, he wept over what the world was and he wept over their condition. Jesus saw perfectly the great chasm that was between mankind and God the Father and it's called sin. The wages of that sin is death. Jesus became that sin on the cross for you and for me as a perfect sacrifice. Blessed are they that mourn, for they shall be comforted. Blessed are the meek, for they shall inherit the kingdom of the earth. We saw that clearly in Psalms 37, a beautiful description of what meekness is. And then today, blessed are they which do hunger and thirst for righteousness, for they shall be filled. 
If you highlight, underline, star, whatever you do in your Bible, I want you to do so at the word shall. They shall be filled. Let me remind you that what we are doing in this sermon series is defining our faith as according to God's word. Authentic Christianity is found in authentic scripture. Authentic faith cannot uh, depend on catchphrases and little words here and little words there. Uh, the doctrine that we find in scripture, the truth studied line upon line, precept upon precept, studied out exegetically in context every way possible. This is what Christianity is. And so what we are embracing is that we find what our faith is and how it is defined from Scripture. And these Beatitudes are a great place for all of us to start. Uh, even children, young children, should begin to learn the principles found here in the Beatitudes. This is not above the head of anyone, of any Christian. And so here we are, hungering and thirsting. Let's put this into context and better give it understanding Everybody here today under the sound of my voice are worshiping online. You must eat food and you must drink water if you are to live. If you want to live, you must drink water and you must bring in calories. You must. There are even some of us that need certain types of minerals and vitamins on a regular basis to maintain homeostasis in the body, that the body functions appropriately, that the heart pumps enough blood, oxygenated blood through the lungs and back to the extremities and the organs. All of this homeostasis can only happen if the body is fed food and if it takes in fluid. It's got to have food and water. You cannot live without food and without water physically. And spiritually speaking, you cannot live spiritually without righteousness. But the thing is, that righteousness that you need, the righteousness that you need to consume, cannot come from you. That righteousness must come from God himself through the gift of his son, Jesus Christ. And what Jesus is saying is more than you need food, more than you need water, you need righteousness in your life to live spiritually. Famine has been in our existence as mankind. We can go all the way back to Genesis and find famine. Europe in the 1000s and 1100s plagued with famine. Uh, 436 BC, there was a great famine in Rome. Thousands of people threw themselves, cast themselves into the Tiber River to drown themselves so that they would not have to starve to death. Famine and hunger is horrific. And even today, there are parts of Africa in 2022, there are still places on this planet where people die from malnutrition, where people die from not receiving food and clean water. And what a sad, horrific thing that really is. But the truth is, ladies and gentlemen, more sad, more terrifying, more heartbreaking than people being physically hungry are men and women who at their core are desperately searching for something who are spiritually hungry hungry and who are attempting to fill that hunger with things that will never satisfy the thirst, things that will never satisfy the hunger. 
People go looking, they go searching, they fill it with whatever you can imagine, and yet they're not satisfied. They go to bed and they feel empty. They consume everything that the world has for them, yet they can't find makarios. They can't find inward satisfaction and happiness. And what Jesus Christ of Nazareth is teaching is that if you want to be happy, if you want to be blessed, if you want the inward man to find its homeostasis spiritually, then you must be hungry and you must be thirsty for righteousness the goodness and the mercy and the plentiful bounty of what God has for Christians. Take your Bible and turn to Luke 15. Luke 15, go to the 11th verse and say amen when you're there. Luke 15, 11, say amen when you're there. All right. If you've been around your Bible any time at all, then more than likely this story is very familiar to you. This is the parable of the prodigal son, the lost son. In my Bible, these words are in red. These are the words of Jesus. Verse 11 says, And a certain man had two sons. And the younger of them said to his father, Father, give me the portion of goods that falleth to me. He's talking about his inheritance. Verse 13, And not so many days after the younger son gathered all together and took his journey into a far country. This means that the son received his inheritance, left the peace, the comfort, and the familiarity of the father's house and the father's table and went into a far country. Verse 14, And when he had spent all of his inheritance, there arose a mighty famine in that land, and he began to be in want. And he went and joined himself to a citizen of that country, and that citizen, he sent him into his fields to feed swine, pigs, this son who lived with a father who was rich enough and lavish enough to have servants is now found himself in a place of unfamiliarity in a far country with people that are not his family. And it says that there is a famine and that he is in want. It means he's hungry. The Bible's clear. Verse number 16. And he would fain have filled his belly with the husks that the swine did eat and no man gave to him. What we are finding here is a son who left the father's house for a far country that found himself at the table of the world. He left the comfort and the peace of what it means to be a son, what it means to be a daughter. And he departed for a far off place from where he should have been. Verse number 13 says clearly that he went and he became wanting. And not too many days after he gathered and left, he departed and he wasted his substance. This is the plan, ladies and gentlemen, of the far country. 
to woo the sons, to woo the daughters away from the table of the father and bring them to a lonely, desperate place called the table of the far country. This was the plan all along of the enemy to woo him away from where he should have been to bring him to this place. And now look in verse number 14. It says, look on your screen with me. And when he had spent all there rose a mighty famine in that land and he began to be in want. That's how it always goes. Whenever you are wooed away from the Father's house and the Father's presence, there's always some end to some party. There's always some end to some pleasure. This plan that the enemy had to woo him away from the Father's house included a plan to leave him broke, destitute, and alone in a place that he did not belong. That's the plan of the enemy for each and every son and daughter that's here. The world will always make you the fool. The world will always make you feel less than what you really are. Pay attention to what I'm saying. The world's plan is to rob you of your inheritance and your status with the Father. And the world's plan is to bring you to this table where the pigs eat their mush and try to convince you that this is all you deserve. When in reality, you have no business being at this table with this slop. And yet, the son has been drawn away from the love and the bounty and the, the, the care of the father. And now he finds himself eating what the pigs eat, even corn husks. And what the world will try to tell you is it will bring your friends and influences and they'll come join you at this table. That's the setup. There may be even people in this far country who look over and see you in the comfort and the peace of the Father's house and they will attempt to woo you away and say, hey, over here is where the party's at. Over here is where the satisfaction is at. Over here is where you'll mean enough to the people around you that you'll feel popular, that you'll fit in. This is the table you belong at, the world will say. But if you notice, the world gave him nothing. There was no compassion in the far country. How could it be that a man would be so hungry that he would have to go eat with the pigs? Because that's the nature of the far country. No compassion, no love, no provision for those who are in need. That is the plan of the far country is for you to come where pigs eat and for you to consume this. This would be the meal the world would serve you. And what's diabolically telling about human nature is human nature will come to where the pigs eat and human nature will say, mmm, isn't this good? Mmm, isn't this tasty? Oh, we've arrived now. We're in the far country. That's the rebellious spirit of mankind's nature. When really you know deep down inside, you may be at the table with all your friends, with all that you want out of life, but at the end of the day, when you lay your head on the pillow at night, you are completely, totally hungry and unsatisfied. 
You can have all you want of this. You can feed on it until you're a fool, like you're going to pop like a tick. But at the end of the day, you'll lay in the bed and you'll be completely miserable and unsatisfied because that's the nature of the far country's table. The far country will try to tell you that this is crystal clear, delicious, nutritious, mountain spring water. Look how cool it is. Look, it's different than what the Father has. And you can pour you a big glass of it and chug it in until it intoxicates you with the rebellious spirit of mankind that you can party and play and be wherever you want away from the Father's house. But at the end of the day, this brings no satisfaction. It's garbage. Even the pigs look at it with disdain. But this is the plan of the far country to bring the children, the sons and the daughters away from the table of the father. This is the plan. Go to verse number 17 and look what happens. Verse number 17. I love this part of the story. This son who's in the far country consuming from the table of the far country, the world. It says, and when he came to himself. And when he came to himself, let me add a sidebar. It does not say, and when his daddy went and found him and yelled at him enough to convince him. It does not say when his mama sent him enough text messages to blow up his phone that he would listen, that he came to himself. No, no, no. It says that he came to himself. He had been out here in the far country consuming that garbage and then it hit him. I don't belong here. This is not what I'm used to. I remember the servants at my father's house. They even had bread to spare and here I am eating corn husks. What a foolish, foolish thing the world's table has prepared for you. What a trap and what a lie of the devil. This is the plan, ladies and gentlemen. Mothers and fathers, especially who have teenagers, this is the plan for your teenager. Amen. That they would be sitting there consuming the garbage and the filth of this world while already prepared for them is a bountiful banquet of plenty that will never run dry. And he came to himself. And so he's over here. He's eating this corn husk. He's trying his best to get some nutrients out of this. I remember what butter was at my father's table. I remember what it was to have meat at my father's table. I remember what it was to have fresh fruits and fresh vegetables and milk and cool water at my father's house. And he came to himself. And verse 18 says, and I will arise and go to my father's house. Look at it, it's on your screen. And the father will say unto him, Father, I have sinned against heaven 
and before thee. So the prodigal son comes to himself, realizes that he has no business here. There's no nutrients. There's no satisfaction. And he finally gets fed up enough with what he's been consuming to get himself up and arise and come back to the father's table, to the father's house. And notice the actions of the father. Go to verse number 19. And so more worthy to be called thy son. This is the dialogue of the son to the father. And he arose and came to his father. But look at what the father was doing, watching a ways off. And uh, yet he was a great way off. And his father saw him and the father had compassion and ran and fell on his neck and kissed him. And the son said unto him, Father, I have sinned against heaven and in thy sight and am no more worthy to be called thy son. But the father said to his servants, bring forth the best robe and put it on him and put a ring on his hand and shoes on his feet and bring hither the fatted calf and kill it. It's steak eating time at the house. And because he was a son in the first place, because you are a daughter in the first place, you have unfettered access to the father's table where there is prepared for you a spread that only you can imagine if you sit there and taste it. And the father didn't condemn him because he was a son. And the father didn't reject him because he was a son. And the father didn't say you've got to work your way in because he was a son. The father said I'll take all the responsibility of your actions. I'll kill my best cow. I'll make you the most delicious steak. I will serve you because you are my son. He comes in. Oh, I remember what the corn husk was. But oh, here's beef. Delicious steak. Oh, my dad, he cooked it just the way I liked it. Oh, it smells so good. Oh, isn't it good to be at the father's table? Oh, isn't it good to be partaking of what the Father has prepared? Can I tell you something? You need this meat. You need it. You need the protein in it. You need the fats that are in it. You need the calories that are in it. There are fresh vegetables on this plate. You know what this is, ladies and gentlemen? God's word is a lamp into my feet and a light into my path. And God's word is like fresh, hot, baked bread out of the oven. But the good news about this baked, fresh bread is that it never runs out. You can come to this bowl of fresh rolls and you can take one and another one will appear. You can take two and two more will appear. This will He'll never run out. And when God's man stands in God's pulpit and preaches God's word, which is the bread of life, you can sit at the table as a son, you can sit at the table as a daughter, and you can consume the goodness, the righteousness, the mercy, and the kindness of God bestowed upon his sons and bestowed upon his daughters. That's the nature of the access that sons and daughters have at the table. And he comes home and the father says, sit down, son, and enjoy your meal. Sit down, son, and put on a robe and shoes so that you can be identified as who you really are. My son. Why I thought I was preaching this morning. My son. Ladies and gentlemen, do you realize what's happened since March 2020? Do you realize 
the greatest attack on the church of Jesus Christ in modern history in America came in the form of a virus. It's real. It exists. And I'm not here to argue that with you. If I have to have one more conversation about vaccines or masks, I'm going to lose my mind. Go to your doctor and ask their opinion. Do your own research, pray, ask the Lord, and follow Him. If you want to get a shot, get 10 of them. If you don't, don't ever get another one ever again. Don't even take an Advil if you don't want to. We shouldn't be made to do any of it. Say amen. Amen. But you know what all that is? Did you feel your heart rate get up when I said mask and vaccine? Yeah. Can I be honest with you? That was the plan of the far country to distract the sons and the daughters. I'm going to pick off some of the best ones I can. And God knows what he's doing. He's still in charge. He's still in control. He's not afraid. But what's happened in this period is we have let our guard down and we have been easily wooed away from the table. And now we're seeing the consequence of over a year and a half of sons and daughters being wooed away from the table. And somehow they're at the far country and they're stuffing themselves with corn husks and pig food. If you're living here, if this is what you're consuming, if this is what you're replacing God's word and prayer and righteousness with, you're going to get sick. You're going to get sick. Husbands, leaders of the homes, if you choose to leave the protection of the Father's table and make the choice, listen, for your family to come to the table of the far country, I need you to look behind you this morning and see the little ducklings that are following you. If you won't do it for yourself, then God in mercy, do it for them. Don't leave the table of the Father. You'll come here, you'll pretend like everything's okay, and really some prodigal sons are physically at that table, but their heart is right here. God doesn't want your religious action. God doesn't want your hot air and your lip service. God wants your body and your heart to be parked right there at his table where you belong because you're a son and you're a daughter. And if we're going to grow and if we're going to have things in our life that mean more than just an emotional checkbox, I went to church, then ladies and gentlemen, we need to check the contents of our plate and the contents of our cup today. Where are we? I submit to you with all kindness and humility the phone calls that my office gets on a daily basis. Listen to me. I'm being transparent with you. I'm only 31 years old. I'm a young pastor. You pray that God will mature me and grow me and use me. But it's overwhelming. It's overwhelming to hear the stories being reported from the far country. This is so damaging, Chad. 
This is killing our family unit. Moms and dads have straws sucked into the bottom of this nasty pitcher and they drink it and their children consume it with them and next thing you know the whole family's in my office broken and hurt and sick and malnourished because there has been no food fed to them. They've chose to feed off the nastiness of this world and try to tell themselves that that's a normal meal. When some of you today, before your pride, costs you more than you're willing to pay, need to get away from the far country and come home and eat meat and vegetables and the fruit from the vineyard of your father's house and enjoy the goodness and the mercy of God. Why squander your position? Why squander your place when you could be here drinking the milk that will fortify your bones, eating the bread that will give you nutrition and consuming the oil of the Holy Spirit, the only safeguard for you and your family in this sin-sick world. Get out of the far country and come home before it's too late. There will be a price to be paid if you stay in the far country. You can consume it all you want and pretend that it's good. You can have money and pretend it's a bottle of French's mustard. I don't care how much mustard you put on that, it will not taste good. You can have all the money in this world and live in the far country and never be satisfied. You can salt this, you can put A1 on it and pretend like you're popular, you're so cool, you got A1 steak sauce. Sauce it up all you want. Flavor it up. Do an Emerald Lagasse, bam, it's still garbage. And it'll make you sick. You say it's just a little bit. It's just a little serving of this stuff. But I'm over here. Can I point out something to you? Look what a little bit of the world's water does in the Father's pitcher. It's disgusting. Look what a little bit of the pig food. It ruins the Father's meal. There's no point in consuming it. It's ruined. And the sad part is, you'll do it. You'll pretend like nobody sees, God sees it. And then you'll come back for more. Well, I got away with it. I got away with it. Here's my porn addiction. Yeah. It's okay. It's okay. Father, what a beautiful meal you've prepared. Oh, Father, thank you. It's ruined. You can't have it both ways, church. Get off the fence. The Lord's coming back. Quit being apathetic to the things of God. Quit acting like you can read your Bible another day. Tomorrow may not come. Quit acting like you can be faithful with your children when it's convenient for you. Can I tell you something? Take the word convenience and execute it in the morning. You'll never find it to be convenient for you to live for God. Some people are going to have to live with intention. Trinity Baptist Church has to live with purpose and intention and get out of the far country 
and come home to the Father's table. There's a spread prepared just for you. Jesus talked about what's on his table. In the book of John, chapter number four, there's a woman that's there at this well, and she's thirsty. She's thirsty. And there's this dialogue between this thirsty woman who really had no right to be at the well. And Jesus talks to her, verse number 10, Jesus answered and said unto her, If thou knewest the gift of God, and who it is that saith to thee, Give me to drink, thou wouldest have asked of him, and he would have given thee living water. You see, the water served on the Father's table is living water. The woman said to him, Sir, thou hast nothing to draw with, and the well is deep. From whence then hast thou that living water? Art thou greater than our father Jacob, which gave us the well, and drank thereof himself and his children and his cattle? And Jesus answered and said to her, he's talking about the well that's there before them. He's talking about her physical need. He said, whosoever drink of this water shall thirst again. You can drink that entire pitcher of crystal clear, cool water. And tomorrow you'll need more at your physical man. But Jesus said, but whosoever drinketh of the water that I give him shall never thirst. But the water that I shall give him shall be in him a well of water springing up into everlasting life. And the truth is, people worshiping online, look at me in camera too. You've been watching this church for months, maybe even years. You're here today in the building. And you've been a part of this church for years, maybe just months. No matter who you are, everyone here today needs a Savior. Everyone. I don't care how much money you have. I don't care your pedigree even what your personal beliefs and convictions are as it pertains to the Bible and its inerrancy and its infallibility is really at the end of the day irrelevant. It's real. It's consequential. And the truth is, some of you have never tasted the honey off the Father's table. But guess what? Today, you can take the lid off. You can pop the top on this delicious honey from your father's garden. And you can taste and see that the Lord is good. There are some of you here today that need to be saved. And you can join here at the table. There are some of you that are malnourished. You've been in that far country for a long time. You need vitamins. You need minerals. You need to come back here to the fruit. This has got vitamin C in it, antioxidants. You need to consume this spiritually. Mm. Mm. Oh, that doesn't taste like corn husk. See, I've been over there. Daddy, I've been over there. I've sat at that table before. 
and it's no good. It's rotten. And it'll cost you 10 and 11 years of your life. But you don't have to let it. Some of you have such a pride problem, God's going to have to ring your bell three times to get your attention. And I'm afraid of that. Don't be so rebellious and full of yourself that you won't in mercy run to Him and get back to the table that you belong at. This is who we are, church. This is what it's all about. Aren't you thankful for His Word? Who knew the prodigal son would find himself in the Beatitudes? Those who hunger and thirst for righteousness shall be filled. Let's stand all over the building. Brother Greg, if you would let the media team know to leave us online for the duration. Leave us in here. Church, it's very simple. A child can understand today's message. I'm going to make it so simple. Is there anyone here today that says, Pastor, no one looking around, no one moving, every head bowed, every eye closed. Let's go into a season of prayer asking God to search our hearts. This isn't about you and your wife or you and your husband or you and your friend or you and who's ever sitting beside you. This is about you. Where are you today? Is there anybody here under the sound of my voice or worshiping online? You say, Pastor, I have found myself in the far country's table. And I am consuming things that a son and a daughter ought not to eat. And I need to come home to the Father's table today. Is there anyone here, man enough, woman enough to raise your hand? I see the hand. I see the hand. Hands, hands, everywhere. Hands. I see that in the back. God bless you. I see that in the back. God bless you. I see that young man. Thank you for your tenderness. Anybody else? Maybe you're, I see your hand, ma'am. God bless you. Maybe you're here. I see your hand, sir. Maybe you're here at the Father's table. You got on your Sunday best. You look the part, act the part. You even can talk to the preacher with a good look in the eye and you know the lingo. You may even write a tithe check. But at the end of the day, your heart's in the far country. And you're bringing back little bits and pieces of the far country's table. And what you're doing is you're polluting and perverting the delicious meal prepared for you. You, you just need to clean up and come to dinner. Do I have any reservations to be made for dinner tonight? Raise your hand. I need to change. I've got some things in my life that ought not be there. I see your hand. Thank you so much for your honesty. God bless you. And the most important question that's going to be asked today, if you were to die today or Jesus were to come, do you know beyond a shadow of a doubt that if you were to die or if he were to come that you would spend eternity in heaven? Is there anybody here that say, Pastor, I do not know if I'm in the kingdom. I do not know if I belong. I've yet to believe. I'm doubting. I've yet to come to faith and I need a savior. Is there anyone here today? I'm not saved. I'm not sure I'm saved. Pray for me. Would you raise your hand? Be man enough, woman enough to raise your hand. God bless you, ma'am. In the back, I see your hand. Anyone else? 
God bless you, sir. I see your hand. Praise the Lord. Anyone else? I'm not saved. I'm not sure I'm saved. Pray for me. Here's what we're going to do. These altars are open. If you need to come pray, I want you to come pray. The ones that raise their hand that they're not saved or they're not sure they're saved, I want you to come right here in front of me. Make eye contact with me and I'm going to pray with you. Miss Amber, I want you to sing. Deacons, I want you and staff to lead the way. Let's pray and ask God to help some folks here that are in need. Miss Amber, you pray. You sing, rather. Christians, lead the way. Pastor Allen, can you help me? Thank you for being with us today. And uh, we just want to encourage you right now. If God spoke to you, I want you to email us. I want you to write us. I want you to call us on the on, uh, on our telephone number. And we want to be able to pray Make with you. Contact. We want to be able to help you. We want to be able to rejoice with you. There are some right now that are listening that are in the far country. And you need to be at the Father's table. So we want to ask you right now, you pray that prayer. Lord, restore me back to my birthright. Lord, if you may need to be a part of the Father's family, Lord, you, you may need to save me. We want to we wanna hear from you. We want to encourage you. We want to disciple you. We just pray that today's message has spoke to you in a special and a mighty way. So we're going to head back into the service to our invitation. We just want to let you know that you have somebody waiting on you to answer your, to answer your email, talk with you, speak with you. And uh, at the end of the service, you'll see uh, some numbers come up, an, e an email address and a physical address that you can contact us. We love you. We thank you. We pray, we pray that God will just do a mighty work in your life. We will see you tonight at 5 o'clock, 5 o'clock with the Kingdom Heirs. Good night. Father, to the best of our ability, we have preached the Word of God Lord, without fear and without favor. 
Now, God, I am completely and utterly aware of my humanity. God, there's no one here today that I can save. There's no one here that I can fix. God, I am simply your vessel, your instrument. God, it's up to the Holy Spirit to do the work. And Lord, there were hands that were raised. God, people who are struggling, doubting, people who know that they're lost. God, I pray that in grace and in mercy, God, that that person would see Jesus for who He is. The Holy Spirit of God would turn on the light. God, only You can do that. Only You can do it. Lord, we we are helpless. And we need You to do it. God, I pray for the one that is in the far country that refuses to get up from the trough. I pray that the meal they are consuming would become overly bitter. I pray that that taste in their mouth would overrule their day. That there would be no pleasure, no satisfaction, and no contentment. And that that son and that that daughter who is still there refusing in rebellion to come home to the table of the Father. Father, that they would leave the far country before the far country overwhelms them and takes their life. Lord, in wrath, remember mercy. In the name of Jesus, I plead the blood and I ask, Heavenly Father, that the Holy Spirit of God would break the chains of human pride and that we would be crushed under the Lordship, the kindness, and the mercy, and the grace of our Father, who is King of kings and Lord of lords. And that we would humbly come back to put on our robe and to put on our ring and our shoes. And that we would sit at His table to consume the goodness and the mercy and the righteousness that belongs to Him that He allows us to partake in. Grant it in Jesus' name. Amen.